You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Boy, do we have a lot to catch up on today. We need to talk about the outcome of Kalani Satake's new contract extension. We need to talk about basketball and some tough losses for the men's and women's teams over the weekend. And also we need to catch up on the weekend that was in recruiting. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. And let's waste no time and get right to it. First, though, today's title sponsors are friends over at Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN's college football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, with that out of the way, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 13th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen of the day. A lot to get to on today's show, but a quick reminder for you guys, if you have not done so already, please leave us a rating and review on your Apple Podcast app if you happen to use that app, or if your app does allow you to leave reviews, uh, ratings, whatever it might be, please consider doing so. It really helps us build this audience because when you guys leave those ratings and reviews, we pop up more often in other Cougar fans podcast feed as a suggested podcast. Obviously, we'd like for you guys to share this with your family and friends, but thank you in advance for your support of all things Locked On Cougars. You guys are absolutely the lifeblood that makes this venture go. All right, starting off today's show, let's talk about the big news of the weekend. That is that Kalani Satake has been locked up for the foreseeable future by the BYU football program. He has a new quote-unquote unprecedented deal that'll take him through 2027. The way I understand this, folks, is yes, this is a contract extension. He had recently received that extension during training camp through 2025. What this says to me is they're calling this a new unprecedented contract. Screams to me that they have torn up his old deal. It's, it's done and gone away with, and he has a brand new shiny contract is what he has here that takes him through the 2027 season. Does that mean at some point in the next year, two, three, four years, that some program could come and throw a gazillion dollars at him and he wouldn't see out that contract? Potentially. But I think the good news out of all of this, folks, and first off, my apologies, I wasn't able to get a special edition done, but sometimes dad duty gets in the way and I like to prioritize time with my kids over the weekend. So talking about it now, but the good news is, I think coming out of all of this, is that the head man of BYU's football program, the resurgence they've had under Kalani Sitake, well, it sure looks like it's going to continue on for the foreseeable future. The reason why I'm so bullish on this, and I'm so happy they got the deal done, is because of what Tom Homo, BYU's athletic director, said in response to a question from the Salt Lake Tribune, I believe it's Alex Vehar, who's covering Utah right now in the interim for the watchdog up there in Salt Lake City. He had a question about, okay, what makes this deal unprecedented? I'm going to let you guys hear the comments in full. These are completely unedited. This is the answer from Tom Homo about what makes this deal unprecedented for Satake, and then I'll add my thoughts afterwards. I feel it's unprecedented because Kalani and I got together with Brian Santiago, my deputy. We started talking about 
the program. The program really starts with Kalani, but it also goes deeper than that. It goes into Kalani's coaching staff. It goes into his office staff. It goes on to the people around the strength staff, the trainers. There's so many people that are involved in the success of this program. And when we started talking about the future with Kalani, Kalani wanted to start with them. He didn't want to start with himself. And so I think it's unprecedented. And I believe it's unprecedented because one, we're able to move forward with our head coach leading the way in a long-term contract. It also is unprecedented that we have made the commitment to Kalani and his staff going forward and for the rest of the program that we're going to do the things that we need to to bring BYU football into this modern age where we're we've been an independent and now we're going to the big 12 and it's going to take a lot it's going to take a concerted effort between our administration byu athletics byu football Kalani and the staff we're all in this together and i think that one of the things that's really made me feel good about this whole thing is kalani loves the department it's so cool to see kalani um just feeling it with the head, other head coaches and conferring and con, um, consulting with and them talking about the games and talking about their players. And it, it kind of, it all felt so good that it's unprecedented because Cougar Nation wanted it badly. They had, Kalani had made a commitment to Cougar Nation and Cougar Nation has made a commitment to Kalani. And we just had to put that all together. So there you go, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo with some explanation of what makes this deal unprecedented. The thing about this, folks, is reading between the lines there, there is funding for BYU football like there has not been funding before. And that goes, obviously, to Kalani Satake's contract. Uh, later on in the interview, I asked about uh, the, the, not the, interview, the press conference. I asked about the assistance. They're working on new deals for all those assistants. They're supposed to be in place by the new year. And the best part is I think you're also going to see increases in terms of the overall budget and staffing in different areas for BYU, whether it's training, food, all the different things that make a football program go. As you heard Tom Homo say, BYU is entering the 21st century when it comes to funding their football program. And for that, I say, holly freaking Luya. I am so happy that BYU finally realizes that they need to invest in this program. I am so sick of talking about BYU doing more with less. I am finally okay with them saying, you know what? We're going to see if we can do more with more. Let's try that for a change. So I think this is just an overall tip of the cap to BYU administration, Kalani Sitake, Tom Homo, the entire athletic department staff, the board of trustees up in Salt Lake City. The, the whole deal. I am just glad that they got it done because there were some very strong rumors out there about Kalani's interest in looking elsewhere. And guys like uh, Dave McCann have written that the deal was already in place. And okay, you know what? You can go back and crow about it afterwards. I, I can tell you this much. I was talking with people as recently as last week who were still expressing concern from inside that program that the lack of a deal getting done was a big, big red flag to them. So regardless, 
I am just glad that the head man who has led BYU's resurgence has led them to 21 wins over the last two seasons. Should be 22 this coming Saturday when the Cougars take on the UAB Blazers in the Independence Bowl. I am so glad he is going to be the guy as the Cougars move into the Big 12. You could not afford, if you're BYU, to have this guy walk out the door and take all of that production, all of the momentum, all of the success that he had had. You could not afford to see that walk out the door. And let me also be clear about one thing. There was a uh, Dave McCann's a piece in the Deseret News said that Kalani Satake expressed to Oregon, this is him reporting this, that his desire was to remain with BYU. I've said it once, I'll say it again on this podcast. Any of you who have been listening to us religiously know that I have been very clear about this. Kalani Satake is a loyal human being. He has always desired to be the guy in Provo. I never thought for a second he wanted to go elsewhere. In some circumstances, I think he felt like he may have been forced to look elsewhere if he wanted to ultimately realize what he wants to do as a coach. The good news is BYU's vision has finally aligned with Kalani Satake's. That is the good news. He has got the loyalty that is being shown to him, and I can tell you this much, Kalani Satake is about as loyal person as you are going to find, and you better believe some good times are set to unfold here for BYU. I, I think they're going to take a lot of momentum out of this season going into 2022, and then on into 2023 when they join the Big 12. I am not going to count out BYU hitting the ground running when they reach the Big 12. I, I truly believe the way that Kalani Satake understands about building a Power 5 program, because he's been on the inside of a build before. Many of us might forget, some of you might remember though, that he was at Utah during their climb as they tried to get themselves relevant in the Pac-12. Well, he has seen it from the inside. He knows what it takes to build a Power 5 program from what is considered a G5 program. I think BYU's been operating in kind of a a middle ground between those two divisions uh, for some time, but he knows what it takes to get BYU, and what it will take, excuse me, is what I should say, to get BYU to that level. The good news news is he's got some lead time to build up to it the good news is they've won 21 games right now and who's to say that they continue to build on their recruiting and early signing day is this wednesday we'll talk more about that as it gets a little bit closer but a lot of momentum in provo and you could not afford to let that walk out the door i'm just glad that the deal is done kalani satake is locked up for the foreseeable future and I sure feel like good times are about to roll in Provo. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll switch over, talk a little basketball. Not as not as rosy from this past weekend on the basketball front for the men's and women's teams. We'll talk about their results, what it means for both of these nationally ranked programs. We'll get to that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. A really, really cool concept here. I've been telling you about them for some time, and if you've still not signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. It is daily fantasy made easy. That, that's their, that is their catchphrase, but they mean it. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football and basketball props than anybody else in the world and offers all the star players of power five programs as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of they offer any prop you can think of in basketball you can play points rebounds assists threes made and more it's really really simple my friends you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers all of the things you do here folks can be done in 60 seconds or less it's that easy that's what they want it to be 
They don't want it to be where you have to spend hours upon hours seemingly getting your lineup set. They want to make it simple and easy. And the best part is you can win money in return. Right now, when you get to prizepicks.com and sign up, you can use the promo code Locked On for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You heard that right. Matching you 100% dollar for dollar up to $100. Just use the promo code Locked On. You also can use their award-winning app in your app store. Get that downloaded and get started there. Price Picks is safe and does offers fast withdrawals of your winnings. So do not hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football College Football Playoff Preview 2021 local experts betting advice and draft analysis for the most comprehensive college football playoff preview. It begins this coming Friday. Get ready for it, folks. It should be a lot of fun getting you ready for the postseason obviously and BYU getting ready for postseason action in football themselves. But let's talk about a team that's in the middle or I guess two teams that are in the middle of their regular season and that is the BYU basketball programs and what a weekend a difference can make my friends. BYU women's hoops, we'll start there for a moment uh, goes to Norman, Oklahoma and loses in a high, high scoring affair. I came away from this wow, 99-91 to overtime loss against the Sooners Tegan Graham, for what she did BYU should have won this game. Tegan Graham, she's a senior for BYU, kind of one of the unsung stars of this team because we talk about Shaley Gonzalez a lot and we talk about Paisley Johnson-Harding and Lauren Gustin. Well, uh, Tegan Graham, for her credit, she had a school record 10 made three-pointers for a grand total of 30 points. Yes, all of her points came on three-pointers, but it was not enough as BYU lost their first game of the year. They shot 40.9% from the field to Oklahoma's 42.5%, but it just wasn't enough for the Sooners who came into the game as the number two scoring offense in the country and when you rack up 99 points and was that 45 minutes of game action it's pretty darn impressive but nonetheless a tough loss for BYU Lauren Gustin was back in the lineup for this she had her fourth double double of the season 13 points and a career best 21 rebounds but all of it goes for not for BYU and that's the tough part uh, BYU battled and battled but they will return home to the Marriott Center for its fifth consecutive power five game they're going to take on Washington State this Saturday uh, both the men's and women's basketball programs, much like the other programs around BYU, are trying to take as much of this week off for finals. Football obviously will not be able to do that because they have to head to Shreveport, Louisiana. But nonetheless, uh, they will take on Washington Washington State excuse me, Saturday afternoon at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. The game will be broadcast on BYUtv.org and BYUtv's app. Uh, but an opportunity to bounce back because that's a tough loss for BYU women's basketball to absorb. But then that was compounded by a loss by the BYU men's basketball program, the 24th ranked team in the country. The women's team ranked 16th likely to fall after losing their first game of the season. We'll see where that shakes out in the top 25 when those come out later today. But despite 28 points from Alex Barcelo and a BYU career high 13 points from Seneca Knight, the 24th BYU, 24th ranked BYU men's basketball program was unable to overcome an 18 point halftime deficit and ended up losing 83-71 to to Creighton at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My overall takeaway from this, folks, is you guys have probably heard me talk about this and been like annoyed that I keep talking about the fact that BYU is going to be at a severe size disadvantage at some point during the season. Well, it finally showed up 
against uh, Creighton. Uh, Creighton absolutely realized that BYU had no interior presence. And I know that sounds rough to say that because that means that guys like Fusini Traore are being denigrated. Uh, Tiki Elliott. Tiki, I get what I say when I say that, but the simple fact of the matter is BYU is very green along their front line and to Caleb Lohner's credit, to Gideon George's credit, to, as I already mentioned, the aforementioned Atiki Ali Atiki, as well as Fusini Traore, they're just not what Rich Harward or Gavin Baxter have been for BYU. And to Creighton's credit, guys like Kalkbrenner, their big seven foot one center, they absolutely made life miserable for BYU and Ryan Kalkbrenner is his name. I, I just remember the last name. Kalkbrenner is a hard name to forget. I apologize. I shouldn't remember his first name, but I had to look at it uh, real quick to double check on that. But uh, Creighton just absolutely pounded BYU on the interior. They made life miserable for the Cougars. And BYU in the second half made their runs. I, I will give them credit. They got it uh, within 10 a couple of times, ultimately lost by 12 in this game. But when this was a game that at one point BYU was down by 20 plus, they fought. And that was the good news. Uh, I saw some signs from guys like Atiki Ali Atiki that in short spurts they can be effective players off the bench. And in terms of uh, Ali, he has to be a guy that can come in and provide rim presence. That's the one thing. He's got the size. He's got the body. You watch Atiki Ali Atiki walk on the court and you're like, yeah, he's a dude. Uh, six foot eleven, just built like a machine. The problem is he's just so new to playing basketball. He didn't play a lot at the high school level despite coming out of a pretty highly thought of prep program up there in Ontario, Canada, but he just didn't get a chance to play a lot. And I think as he continues to come along, he's going to be a very fine player for BYU, but they, man, they're at the point where they need somebody who can step forward and just be that interior post presence. But the sad part is in college basketball, it's not like the NBA where you could go and make a midseason trade and acquire a big man that you can insert to your lineup. That's just not going to happen. So, BYU is going to have to find a way to overcome some of these issues that they that were exposed by Creighton. I, frankly, I'm surprised teams like Utah State were unable to expose it. Granted, Utah State doesn't have the same size that we saw from Creighton in this loss on Saturday, but BYU uh, is going to have to figure some things out because you can guarantee teams like St. Mary's, Gonzaga, obviously, with guys like Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy on their front line, they're absolutely going to make life miserable for BYU on the interior if BYU cannot find a way to guard more effectively. And maybe BYU just won't, and they will just have to absorb some of what they are dealing with and hope that their offense and their ability to create on the offensive side of the basketball can offset some of their deficiencies on the interior. I don't think that's necessarily the recipe for success long-term for BYU this season. I also think it's going to make uh, for some very, uh, should we say... Wow, what's the term to use here? Antagonizing games to watch? Is that the right way to say it? Or a game that you want to make you tear your hair out because BYU is going back and forth and trading buckets? Maybe, just maybe, and this is far from me to suggest this, but BYU has been very good on defense most of the season this year. They got absolutely carved open against Creighton, and Creighton's a good program. I mean, I've got nothing against the Creighton Blue Jays. That's a Big East program. They have built a very, very fine uh 
set up with what they do on offense and all that, but they exposed a lot of BYU's deficiencies in that game. You can guarantee opponents of BYU moving forward. It'll start off this Saturday when they take on Weber State up there at the Purple Palace in Ogden, but BYU's going to have to make sure that they get back to defending the way they defended earlier on this season. Will teams like Weber State be able to do what Creighton did? I don't think so. They will try, uh, obviously. You absolutely try and see if you can do it, but I think that if BYU you gets back to defending at a high level and if they can find any type of rim presence to keep big men off the glass, keep them from scoring buckets at the rim and stop opposing teams from just attacking the tin at, at will, that'll go a long way to helping BYU stabilize themselves. I, I think when the new polls come out today, BYU will be out of the top 25, probably still among teams receiving votes, but I do think they'll be on the outside of the top 25 looking in. It's been a quick rise to number 12 and a quick potential fall out of the top 25, but BYU is a program that is very much searching for some answers right now. And do they have those answers? I don't think they do. But I think as they continue to try and find those answers, they have a few games here before they get into to conference play to hopefully find some sort of a lineup or some sort of a, a setup to absorb when they face off against teams who have the size advantage on them. Very few teams are going to have what Creighton had against BYU. But when they get into West Coast Conference play, I think teams like San Francisco, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga in particular, they have the type of interior presence, and especially Gonzaga, where they're going to be like, you know what, we're just going to feast at the rim all night long, and BYU will just have to throw bodies at us to see if they can foul guys out. And that may be just how BYU does it. And it was fun to see Alex Barcel, who's one point off a career high in this loss to Creighton. But at the same time, when the Blue Jays have four guys in double figures led by Ryan Hawkins, 25 points, going to be tough for you to, to counteract that. So you now pick up the pieces, try and get through finals this week. Uh, the other thing, BYU, their football and basketball programs, many of you probably are aware at this point, if you're not, they've been dealing with a flu bug ec- epidemic that's kind of just torn through the athletic department. The hope is now that with another week removed from that, it kind of hit about two weeks ago at this point, they can get back to feeling more like themselves and then just really get back into playing the way that they have played. As I mentioned, they will put take on Weber State this Saturday. It'll be a 6 o'clock tip up at the D Event Center in Ogden, Utah. I still like calling it the Purple Palace more than the D Event Center, but nonetheless, you'll be able to watch that on KJAZ TV locally here in Utah or on ESPN Plus streaming elsewhere. Also, you can listen to it. Greg Rebell and Mark Duran will be on the call for that one, but uh, time for BYU to find a response. And knowing Mark Pope, this is when he does his best work. That's what I love about Coach Pope is when the, his the chips are down on him when he's got his back against the wall. It seems that he finds an answer and not going to be surprising to me if they go up to Weber State and walk out of there with a W because, well, it's Weber State first off, but at the same time, BYU, it seems like every time they need to reinvent themselves, they do find a way to do that. So some good news, I think, is the BYU will find a way to respond, but they obviously, that size disadvantage that they were at against uh, Creighton, it is still going to be an issue with the rest of the year, and that's just the tough part. It's just there's no way to... I guess, figure that out quickly without uh, a mid-season addition, but this is not pro sports where you can go and make a trade. So 
just one of those oddities and unfortunate situations that BYU basketball finds themselves in at this current time. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show. Two new commitments for the BYU football program along the offensive line from a local prep program that I am very excited to see play for the Cougars. We'll talk about them. We'll also recap everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. We'll get to all of that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at On Location. Let's talk for a minute about kicking up things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away, my friends. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. You'll be able to select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends like Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, and Tim Brown, and more, plus accommodations of five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search out Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. I will talk about it until the cows come home. But the best part about Built Bars, my friends, is they deliver the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but that's exactly what Built Bar has endeavored to do since founding this company, and they have done it. The best part is right now, during the holiday season, Built Bar is the perfect stocking stuffer. If you're looking for something to put in that stocking for your loved ones, I'd encourage you guys to give Built Bars a try. The best part is you have so so many different flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing raspberry, mint brownie, cherry barcia, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, and the best part is those are just some of the base flavors. They always have limited time flavors that are out there. Guess who ordered the eggnog flavor? This guy talking to you right here. I am excited to have that show up this week. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel, and the best part is people like myself are so passionate about the favorite flavor, they will fight for it, and that could happen during your family events this holiday season. So give it a shot, my friend friends. You can go to built.com right now. You place your order now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there and get 15% off your order. More importantly, any order you make with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network, it helps BYU football. We all have talked about the name, image, and likeness still that was in the headlines. Well, guess what? It's all been checked out and it's all been deemed okay. So support BYU football by supporting our friends at built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Save yourself some coin, but also support BYU football by supporting our friends over at Built Bar. All right, my friends, before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, let's run down some of the news and notes involving BYU Athletics. You guys probably need to know from the weekend that was. Let's start off on the recruiting front. Early signing day is this coming Wednesday, and BYU added a pair of commitments over the weekend from a prep program that won a state title this season. That is our friends over at Lone Peak. Uh, both uh, Joe Brown as well as Connor, uh, not Connor Pay, Trevor Pay. Connor Pay is currently BYU's off on BYU's offensive line. He's younger brother Trevor Pay. They have committed to play for the BYU football program. Both of them fresh off winning a 6A state title. I had the opportunity to call, I believe, six different Lone Peak games this year for KSL Sports from the very season opener they had all the way through their run to the state title. And I have to say, those two offensive linemen, very, very impressive. Uh, Trevor Pay says that his is a preferred walk-on offer, and obviously his father, Gary Pay, was an All-American BYU. Connor expected to be the starting center for BYU 
if and when uh, James Empey moves on with his playing career and uh, continues a family legacy. I really like Trevor Pay. He's not the biggest guy out there, but I'll tell you what, he is an absolute technician at offensive line. And I'm not saying he's tiny. He's going to be a guy who's going to be able to put on the requisite weight to play at a high level, I feel like, at BYU. But he's a very savvy preferred walk-on pickup for the BYU football program. And then Joe Brown, after the uh, situation with Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall resigning, he opened up his commitment and made a quick pivot to playing, uh, deciding to play for BYU. His older brother, Terrence Brown, was the starting center for BYU under Bronco Mendenhall. And I, I got to say, Joe Brown is a lean, mean fighting machine. That's what I love about him. His footwork is absolutely impeccable as an offensive lineman. He's got plenty of size to him already. I think he's in the 280 to 290 pound range. I expect BYU will pack on another 20 to 30 pounds of muscle onto him and I'm telling you what, it would not surprise me to see Joe Brown be a multi-year starter for the Cougars, just like his older brother Terrence Brown, what, over a decade apart. But I think both of them, very, very savvy pickups for BYU football and makes BYU's offensive line class this year, by the way, absolutely stellar. A number of those guys are going to go on missions and then return to play for BYU. But you got to give Daryl Funk credit. He has done an absolute masterful job at putting together a great recruiting class for his offensive line, even if it may take three or four years for it ultimately to pay off. But the good news is all these guys expected to contribute at a high level. And I really like the additions of both of the Lone Peak Knights that they got this past weekend. Also, congratulations to Clark Barrington, BYU offensive guard. He was named third-team All-American by Pro Football Focus. That is his second uh, All-American citation this season very much deserving. I, I think that Clark is turning himself into a very, very good prospect when it comes to the next level. I think he'll return for at least one more year this year. Well, actually, I know that he's going to return for at least one more year and then probably pursue his fortunes in the NFL, but it's always good to see him getting All-American honors, and I'm expecting he'll be a preseason All-American going into 2022. He has started every game at left guard for BYU the past two years. He joined left tackle Blake Freeland as the only two Cougar linemen to start every game. Very, very impressive stuff from him, and congratulations to Clark on getting that All-American citation. On another BYU football note is the BYU Bowl, as they were calling it, was held in the NFL yesterday. BYU, uh, Former BYU quarterbacks Taysom Hill and Zach Wilson uh, started for the New York Jets and the New Orleans Saints, respectively. Uh, Wilson and the Jets hosted Hill and the Saints at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Uh, New Orleans ran away 30-9 to in the victory, but fun to see these two guys going up against each other, no matter if the game was whatever it was not that great of a game overall but really really cool all the same to see these two former Cougars squaring off and they had a really cool exchange after the game so congratulations to both of them both of them excuse me fun to see them uh, on the field together at the NFL level and pretty impressive to BYU or pretty impressive to think that just maybe in a couple years time we could have three former Cougars starting a quarterback or being on NFL rosters if Jaron Hall fulfills his lifelong dream. BYU's putting out a factory, folks, of quarterbacks to the NFL. Is the QB factory, is QBU back in Provo? There's an argument to be made on that. So congratulations to both Zach Wilson and Taysom Hill on that really fun uh, sequence there to see those two playing against one another. And then the final thing uh, from today's show for me is on BYU uh, track front, they had their first home meet of the indoor season. And the funny thing about this, I was reading up on this, the preseason rankings haven't even come out. I don't know how BYU's hosting an event of the 
this caliber, but they did. It's called BYU Indoor Invite 1, and congratulations to Zach McWhorter. He broke his own school record for BYU in the pole vault. He cleared 19 feet 1 and a quarter inches to see first place in the men's pole vault and surpassed his own school record, which was set at the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships by a full inch. Uh, he had 19 feet and a quarter inch last year. His record-breaking clearance is tied for number 8 in the NCAA Division One history with Ivston Bagula of George Mason University in 1992. Uh, Caleb Witzkin uh, finished at 17 feet 10 and a half inches, so just absolutely dominant performance from BYU's All-American Zach McWhorter. Uh, also on the women's side of things, congratulations to Jaslyn Gardner. She broke her own 60-meter school record of 7.31 seconds with a time of 7.27 seconds on Friday. The time sets her apart as a record holder by nearly 2 milliseconds. Uh, she is absolutely dominating. She's been really fun to watch during her BYU career, Jaslyn Gardner. She's, I hear her, her name all the time when I do these recaps, but congratulations to all the student-athletes competing in that event. As I mentioned, the preseason polls haven't even come out. Uh, those will come out on Monday, January 10th, and then shortly after, BYU will have its second meet, home meet of the season. That'll be January 13th through the 15th at the Smith Fieldhouse. It'll be BYU Indoor Invite number two. It's kind of funny that they're going to be a month apart, but nonetheless, congratulations to all the student-athletes involved in those events. All right, I believe that's it. I think we've caught up on everything we needed to know from the weekend that was. So congratulations are in order to Kalani Sitake and the BYU football program and obviously hoping for a better week ahead for BYU men's and women's basketball and obviously a big week for BYU football getting ready for the bowl game and also having the early signing period here as well. So we got plenty to cover ahead on today on, on today's show. On tomorrow's show, uh, Kalani Sitake and players expected to speak to the media today ahead of leaving for Shreveport. They will be in Shreveport from beginning tomorrow as they continue on throughout the week ahead of that game on Saturday. So we'll have you covered all week long, getting you ready for that game with previews, interviews, all of that jazz. So stay with us. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked On Big 12 and make it your second listen of the day. Get caught up on everything going on in BYU's new conference home with our good friend Josh Neighbors. He does it in 30 minutes or less and it is free and available on all podcasting platforms. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for your support as always. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 13th, 2021, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow.